What's going on there, Reject Nation? Greg and John with the wand today. Yeah. We just got out of watching Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore. So many secrets. All the a couple, a couple, couple of secrets, a couple, a couple secrets. <laughs> Mostly <laughs> things we knew already. I was like, we going to see Dumbledore in in a bad light? Not really. No. They always teeter. They played it a little safe. They mention it. <laughs> a lot of you guys might know this. We were not fans of the crimes of Grindelwald. No, 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 sir. First thing Harry I, Potter movie I actively disliked. I really don't like that film. And here's the first thing I'll tell you guys. It is so much better than the crimes of Grindelwald. Like, light years better. I can actually tell you what the plot of this movie is, which is already in it itself a significant improvement over the last film. So yeah, if you haven't seen the trailers, Jude Law playing Dumbledore because of a blood pact that he made with Grindelwald back in the day when they was gay love. Us. Oh my yeah. God! Oh my God! Mm. J.K. exploring the gay stuff. <laughs> I think they still are. Yeah, they're still no, gay. They don't, did they stop it? They don't <laughs> really they practice any longer. <laughs> Anyway, so Dumbledore enlisting the help of Newt's commander. They assemble a team to basically work together to figure out a way to take down Grindelwald, the enemy, played by Mads Mikkelsen this time. Not Colin Farrell, not Johnny Depp, Mads Mikkelsen. That is the plot of the movie. While there's some secrets to uncover throughout, they keep it pretty streamlined and focused. Now, does that mean it's a good movie just because it's better than the last one? Kind of. Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely an improvement because of how much I didn't like the last one. I was watching this with not as much of an open mind in the first half hour. I did find myself being like a little overly critical when I didn't need to be. And then when I caught myself, I was just asking myself like, okay, how am I really responding to this film? Overall, in the end, I would say like, I actually enjoyed it because here's the honest to God truth. We saw it at a different theater, but we, we weren't allowed to film in there. Nope. So we drove to a different theater. <laughs> Authenticity, baby. <laughs> Just, How the sausage is made. We were like, but we do our reviews at the theaters. No one's going to care if it's not authentic. <laughs> in the car ride over to this other theater. Now it's like, oh yeah, we need to talk about this movie. I haven't thought about it one bit. <laughs> I do have some pretty clear problems that I'll save for a little bit later. But yeah, in the end of it all, I still prefer the first Fantastic Beast movie. I know some are saying this one's better, especially because it's darker. I don't agree with that assessment for this particular installment and it doesn't quite capture the magic of what you would want. Even though there's a lot of magic, it doesn't elicit the emotion of a feeling wonder and magic this film is definitely aiming for. It's fine. A little bit forgettable, <laughs> but fine. <laughs> yeah, it falls squarely in the middle of the Fantastic Beast films for me and I felt a lot of similar things. I came in certainly hoping that it would be a better experience than Crimes of Grindelwald and it it is, but it doesn't quite capture the cohesive magic of the first movie, even though there are aspects of The Secrets of Dumbledore that I do kind of like the most out of the franchise. But yeah, overall, it's not consistent enough or as important and momentous as it wants to be. Ultimately, it was kind of a, a middling but pleasant experience. <laughs> yeah, especially by the end of it, it felt a little like perfunctory. I thought they could have wrapped this whole story up. But let's talk about Mads Mikkelsen, mm. all right? It was a really weird experience, but halfway through the film, John stood up and said, Justice for Johnny! Justice for Johnny! <laughs> trial's going on That's right, right. It's now. happening today. <laughs> okay, Mads Mikkelsen. I would say he is the best... Gr this is like the weird thing about this franchise. I would say he's the best Grindelwald we've had thus far. 
easily the best Grindelwald. It feels like he was always there. Yeah, no, he, he lives in it, and I feel like he actually understood like the Harry Potter world very well and knew everything of what he was dealing with and talking about, you know? He really feels lived in. At the same time, he didn't quite leave as strong of an impression as one would actually hope. And this is probably incredibly subjective for me, myself, so I'm curious to hear what you have to say. I love Mads Mikkelsen, the performer. Like, I've seen all of Hannibal. He's fantastic, and that's, haha, fantastic. He's fantastic in that show as well. Brilliant. I hope that gets picked up for a season four. What he did here was exactly what you'd expect, but nothing more. He's really enjoyable. He can be intimidating, but it's like, he doesn't do anything that really goes beyond anything you just expect out of him. Do you kind of get what I mean by that? Yeah, <laughs> I do. And I think it's more of a scripting issue than anything because, yeah, he That's does mainly bring... the issues with these films. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's like he does bring that presence and he does bring that malevolent force who many people would follow and dedicate their lives to. All that's great. I do feel like the portrayal of his character is hurt a bit by the fact that we don't really get any flashbacks or any, you know, past experiences to either show the connection in a deeper way between him and Dumbledore or to show his true villainy. I mean, there's a couple things in this movie he does that are pretty cruel, but I don't know. It seems like they want to build up another threat that is Voldemort-level important and earth-shattering, and I don't feel like they did the legwork to get there. They just kind of told you what his importance is and went from there to the present. <laughs> like, we've heard world domination villain, like, countless times. There's no longer an effect anymore in films unless there's something more specific explored. And yeah, I would agree with that. There's, like, two really pivotal important scenes, one at the beginning and one at the very end, with uh, Dumbledore and Grindelwald that I think are really strong scenes, and it's really cool to see those actors together. Here's the thing, I, I might as well just hop into it, because like, ideally what you want to do is like talk about the good things, but I don't really want to talk too much about them, right? Like, Jacob Kowalski, he's the star of this, all right? Great, once always. again, he's the best part of this, and the real heart in these movies should be about him. Mm -hmm. I don't care what anyone says, because he is amazing in here, and there's also this new character, what's her name? Hicks. Hicks. Yeah. She's great. She's another character like you kind of wish they did more with her, yet she is one of the actors, I would say, that when she's on screen, her presence really elevates the material. I think she is truly, truly wonderful in this film. Those two are the standouts for me. Yeah, she's one of the few characters that actually elevates the movie to the level of whimsy and warmth that you expect mm -hmm. a Harry Potter movie to have at some point. They pair her and Jacob together quite a bit in this film, and they are so good together. Jude Law does as good of a job as you'd expect carrying over from Crimes of Grindelwald, and the effects and the production design are as amazing as you would expect walking into this film. And a good job making Newt's expertise and the Fantastic Beast feel like a real part of it. The finale was cool. I like the finale. There's some good visual sequences in here. It's just when it's not doing that, it's not that interesting. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the problem. This movie should be just as interesting even when it's not doing big visual stuff. Because in any Harry Potter movie, like everywhere you go that's not Muggle World is interesting. <laughs> yeah. While I think this film is better paced and better structured than Crimes of Grindelwald, the movie doesn't really do enough to get you to truly care about the characters. A, because it's a prequel, it suffers so much from the prequel syndromes by taking away focus from your new characters like Newt Scamander and Jacob and putting it onto existing characters like Dumbledore and then Grindelwald, who half this plot is Grindelwald being like, we got to kill Dumbledore. Let's send Ezra Miller after him. You're like, It's impossible for me to buy this state. 
stakes. <laughs> like, I know he's gonna live. And then with Grindelwald, are like, I know he's gonna lose. <laughs> you know, the bottom line. So I don't fear for any of them. So the stakes are just not felt. And you might be saying like, well, then how do you enjoy any prequel? Well, the key to that is the intimate characterization that you do with these individuals. That's why it's something like X-Men First Class can still work because of the fact you get these new intimate details you didn't explore before. While you get some facts about Grindelwald, some facts about Dumbledore, the actual exploration of it is not enough to hold onto emotionally to have you give a shit about any of this to the point you forget that it's a prequel. Like, that's the biggest thing. I've never once forgot, like, you know, wow, that movie had the effect of, if I get pulled out, I know he's gonna live, but I was so into it that I forgot about it. It never achieves that effect. And then you got so many characters on top of that who are just mainly there for plot. Like, no one has a character arc in this film. No one has a journey or a life lesson. This is in the Harry Potter world. And that's what that franchise did so well and why that has such strong legs. The bottom line is, if you're gonna watch a tale this sprawling, the visuals become, you become numb to them after a while. They stop holding its weight. So I think it has every right to be compared to them, especially when this franchise is so much about Dumbledore and less about the new characters. Because <laughs> the movie doesn't seem to even try too much to make you really care about them. The main character who actually has an arc is the character who progressively becomes less interesting throughout this franchise. For me, at least, Ezra Miller as Credence. He, there is so much importance placed on him in all three of these movies, and his screen time becomes less and less and less. And this is arguably when he should be the most important out of any three films. He's Dumble Snape now. And he's just such a bland character. He's just so boring. He's the one with the most to do emotionally. He should be the most emotionally complex, and technically he is. He should be invested for the battle over his soul, though. <laughs> I still couldn't get two shits about what Credence is going through in this movie. There's just something missing. There's a detachment there, like, just not quite there, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, for something that was pitched as a five-movie franchise, I feel like it's part... ended now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and I feel like part of what has hampered it past the first movie is that it seems like they tried to push too hard, too fast to get to those Deathly Hallows level heights of importance and stakes. And I feel like they would have really benefited from building these stories out over time with a gradual sensibility, much like the Harry Potter films did, instead of trying to skip to that level of importance. And at this third installment, it does feel like they've now corrected their course so that if this does well, they can continue. But if it doesn't, they don't have to. It's a weird experience because while it was more enjoyable than I expected it to be, I still can't help but feel like it is not as magical as this film is clearly seeking to be. And when you're in the camp of the Harry Potter world, it should be better. That's just my personal opinion. I feel like it ought to be better. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who's been invested in Harry Potter for most of my life, I feel like it's easy to come in and sound as though you have a big set of expectations. But really, all I want from any Harry Potter movie is to feel that certain sense of warm, but also a little bit foreboding magic wonder. And I feel feel like since the first Fantastic Beasts, they have been kind of uh, stumbling around trying to find that. And this movie doesn't quite get there, but it gets closer than the previous one. It gets there in, in little moments. Yeah, there are good set sequences. Like there's one at this interesting prison involving like scorpions that I thought was really cool. <laughs> it was very fun. Scene. It was a really fun sequence. Um, and that's when the movie actually decides to get a little kooky and a little weird, you know, which I think you also expect from a Harry Potter and they haven't been doing quite as much. But all right, guys, Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore. 
Dumbledore. Do you want two more of these? Leave your thoughts down below. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe, click that bell, hit that like button. We'll catch you guys soon.